The GovEx show is supported by Forrester, helping government organisations perform at their best. Visit forrester.com to learn more. Hi and welcome to another episode of the GovX show. This episode we're talking all things local government transformation as we welcome Becky Davis and Chris Chubb from Soprasteria. They've worked with multiple local authorities up and down the UK on transformation projects where they combine digital technology with managing cultural change to deliver outcomes for citizens that really make an impact. They've got lots of useful insights to share and some brilliant case studies and practical insights. So enjoy the episode now, and then I'll be back at the end to tell you how you can hear more from them as they join us at GovEx Digital 2020 for a couple of sessions around local government. In the meantime, here they are. So Becky, Chris, welcome to the GovEx show. Thank you so much for having us. Really pleased it's to great. be here. Great to be here. Thank you. So uh, we're going to talk a bit about Soprasteria's work with local government in transformation. But uh, before that, it'd be interesting to find out about you two as, as individuals and, and your role. So maybe you could just tell us what you do with Soprasteria and what the areas of focus are. Sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm Becky Davis. I um, head up our customer and organisation transformation consulting um, for UK Government Consulting. Um, we are a team of digital transformation specialists. Um, but we absolutely focus on the transformation being around people. So we kind of provide capability, if you like, into primarily local government um, from visioning and, and chunking up really complex um, transformations all the way through to sitting next to a member of staff and, and helping them to work in a new way. Okay, so the, the full sort of remit and spectrum, really. And Chris, what about you? Uh, so yeah, good morning, Chris Chubb. I uh, I head up the business technology consulting team. Uh, we are we are a team of consultants first, but we all have uh, technology experience, whether that's through delivery or through consultancy. I tend to say we have the scars of delivery without the cynicism of delivery, and we look to work seamlessly with Becky's team, um, working uh, collaboratively to create solutions that solve real business problems and we do that at pace. So whether that's through leveraging existing technologies, upgrading training, or uh, looking at new solutions to solve problems. Okay, fantastic. So you, you've hinted at some of the areas of, of your remits. What, if we're looking at Soprasteria's work with local government overall, what, what are its kind of aims and ambitions? What are the key areas of activity that you're engaged in? Absolutely. So um, really our focus within Soprasteria at the moment with local government is around working as, as, as strategic partners um, and supporting local government to be able to modernise and to be able to exploit and take advantage of, of everything that digital has to offer. Um, so over the past two years we've done significant work with, with some of our local government partners um, to help them to be able to achieve that, to be able to achieve more than, than they have done in the past with their digital transformation. And, and that is the focus um, moving forward. So how do we really support our local government um, partners to modernise their services um, and to be resilient and agile for whatever the future brings? And in terms of 
what that might look like. Um, transformation, so it's seen as a sort of big shiny word and behind that, there are kind of real things happening. Are there any particular sort of examples or, or projects um, that sort of show how organizations can realize the benefits of transformation that, that, that sort of demystify this whole concept of transformation being this sort of big unachievable goal? Yeah, big scary thing. Yeah. So yeah, our um, I suppose our flagship um, program of work is is the work that we've done alongside um, the Borough of Roxbourne Council. Um, so we started working with them um, two years ago, and I was just delighted to walk into a council that was um, really looking to to modernise every single element of of the way that they work. Um, and I think Broxbourne are very much the same as, as many other councils across the country. They've, you know, had a go at digital, whatever digital means to them at that point, um, and just had a sense of disappointment around uh, the outputs and the differences it was making to the way that they were working and the way that they were delivering public services. So Broxbourne um, is, is our kind of flagship account of how you can transform differently and um, it's a different strategy. It's a people-focused strategy rather than a technology strategy. And what we've seen at Broxbourne is a whole council transformation, bottom-up and now top-down, so that they are a, a modern, slick, uh, customer-focused you know, customer council that are resilient and agile and have actually continued to deliver every single service that's required um, post-COVID remotely, not being in the building. Um, so yeah, they are, they are an amazing client to work with and they've gone through the most amazing transformation. But I think um, for me, it's because there was a different strategy. Technology plays a huge part in digital and, and what we do, and, and Chris can probably add to that uh, in a moment. But the focus was on people first, designing for customers, designing uh, for employees, and taking great care of people as we're going through that change. I, I don't know if you want to kind of add to that, Chris, around the sort of technology element. Yeah, it was, it was a refreshing, refreshing change in uh, in emphasis from what systems do we need to implement to make things better within the council to what can we do to make our experience better for the customer, which changes the focus from what's the best customer experience we, we can deliver. And yet technology is a huge part of that, of course it is, but it, it, it is also in the way you think about, if I was the customer, what, what is it that I would, how would I want to interact with the council? How would I want to use my mobile or, or would I use, use my, my iPad or whatever the technology is? And what's the experience that you get off the back of that? So it was a really refreshing, different uh, mindset that we, we came into at uh, Broxman, great client. So if, if I'm a, if I'm a, a citizen in Broxbourne, and I'm actually only about half an hour up the road from there, um, how, how might my interaction or experience with sort of, you know, the services they provide be different now to, to when the project started? Any sort of practical examples of that? Absolutely. So we have digitally transformed end-to-end -end over 170 of the, the council services over about a sort of 18-month period. So probably every single resident in Broxbourne has, has seen a new way of, of interacting with the council. 
The story that I really like, though, is the story around um, Sarah, who was one of our personas that we created when we were redesigning what it looks like to be uh, homeless or at risk of being homeless in um, the Broxbourne area. And it was a really uh, challenging experience for Sarah. Uh, you know, just 12 months ago, Sarah would have had to come into the council, um, gone up to a reception, rather, uh, reception area, picked a blue ticket or a yellow ticket and waited a good sort of, you know, hour, hour and a half in order to see a receptionist to start talking about what her situation uh, was and why she needed support from the housing team within the council. And more often than not, Sarah wouldn't have the right documents with her to make an application or, or, or to kind of move forward and Sarah would have to return to the council the next day. And so working alongside the housing service and, and, and really redesigning for customers um, like Sarah, uh, we recreated a, a digital front door, if you like, for what that first contact uh, would look like for Sarah. Um, so Sarah's experience today is she can go onto the council website, she can access that from her mobile or tablet or laptop, whatever works best for her. She's presented with really clear information around what her options are and how the council might be able to support her. And if after uh, taking on that kind of self-serve information, she still needs further support from the council, um, she can fill out uh, an online form, provide all of the information that's required, upload any evidence really easily, like photos of documents or you know, uh, medical reasons or, or any other uh, rationale for her needing extra support um, and send that off to the council really simply electronically um, and get a call back. So that first contact experience for somebody like Sarah is completely different. It's a much better experience for her. She doesn't have to travel and, and wait at the council. She can do it in an evening. She can do it at the time that suits her. Um, but also we've seen a huge impact um, for the way that the housing service operates within the council as well. Because they're getting that information up front um, about Sarah's situation, um, they can do some research, they can understand better before they give Sarah a call back. And what it's meant is, is that they can redirect some of that resource that was spent waiting at the reception, listening to those first conversations, not having the right evidence to turning it into really practical casework and, and I suppose sort of reshifting the focus of those, of those what were receptionists into now um, excellent caseworkers that are helping to, to solve problems like Sarah's. So that's a really nice example yeah. of how a simpler digital experience can not only improve Sarah's life but also significantly change the way that the, the housing service can operate and uh, work more efficiently and better. Freeing up their time to do things that are really making a difference to people as opposed to essentially admin. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there is a consistency as well in that no matter how Sarah came to the council, whether it was online, on her phone, whether she came into the council or whether she rang the council, there was a consistent messaging and approach that that uh, if she she doesn't get a different message if she rings it's and the customer service agent is filling in the same form. If Sarah was to come into the council, she'd be on the iPads filling in the same form, 
or if she's on the phone, she's filling in the same form. And it's that consistent messaging and that consistent way of communicating with the customers that no matter what channel you prefer, you can you get the same information and the same message and the same service. And that consistency is, is common across all the journeys that, we, that we've implemented with Broxborn. That's really important that customers don't get a disjointed, disconnected experience, whether you're talking to housing or planning or waste. It's always the same type of information presented in the same way and it's consistent. It's great to hear that these, these sort of transformational uh, examples are, are really happening right now. Um, if, if we look elsewhere, do you, do you typically see similar challenges across local authorities when you first talk to them or, or start to work with them or, or are they very broad or are there some common themes that seem to be prevalent uh, in the UK sort of local government? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think having worked in, in local government myself for over 15 years, um, you know, the problems are exactly the same today. The challenges are exactly the same today. And I think every local authority will have been on some element of transformation or digital transformation um, as they see it. And I think what we kind of experience when we're working with councils like Broxbourne or Newark and Sherwood or Well in Hatfield is that we're starting to um, hear that actually there is this huge chasm of disappointment from what they thought they were going to achieve by introducing digital and what they have actually achieved. Um, so, you know, they've spent a lot on technology. The technology is not quite working in the way that they expected it to. Staff are just a bit exhausted by all of the change that, that's happened over the last 10 years. Um, they're still facing the same challenges around, you know, delivering great services with a lot less money, but customers' expectations are changing as well at the same time in a sense of how they want to interact and, and, and the kind of response times and, and what that looks like. So for me, there is, um, it's interesting to look at Broxbourne's success, if you like, that they've managed to kind of deliver over that sort of two-year period which is quite a short period of time for a whole council transformation and really start to think about what has been different for them because they were exactly the same um, as every other council that I've worked with when we, we've landed and I think you know for me some of the key differences are around that whole council um, transformation it's around Chris and his team's solutions around leveraging existing technology, but looking at technology to solve business problems rather than, um, you know, just having technology for technology's sake. Um, but also, um, you know, embracing a new culture and a new way of moving forward. And I don't think it's any different, really, for any other council across the country. They'll just be on a slightly different stage of their journey. Mm. I think I'd add that um, and what, what we consistently see from a kind of a technology point of view is, is rather than a single organisation acting in a single consistent way, you end up with 17 departments all acting slightly differently with different purchasing decisions and purchasing power and buying technology in isolation of each other. So you end up with 17 different systems trying to do things and everyone's trying to do the right thing. Mm. But because there isn't that consistent enterprise view and ownership of the technology, you end up with a very disparate landscape. 
And the result of that is that you're never going to get, you're never going to get the, the, the leverage, the benefits of the technology. And if you just hope that technology is going to fix a problem without considering how the business wants to, wants to change and actually they need to, how they need to leverage that technology and therefore the, the processes might change as a result of that, then you're never going to get the benefits. And I think it's why, I think it's only 55% of uh, IT projects actually achieve any of the cost savings they're looking to do because they're just dropping technology in on people without considering the wider implications of it. It has to be that whole council change, that whole department change, rather than just in isolation of it, it's tech and it will save us money. Oh, absolutely. So where, where might um, local authorities start? If, if, if they're looking to, I mean, most of them have probably started and stopped and, and tried some things already, but in your experience, are there certain areas where there are some sort of fairly reliable wins that can be achieved quite early on, which I guess then help to establish the sort of culture of acceptance and that this, this is going to work and, and you get sort of buy-in further down the line. Any examples yeah. where you would recommend they, they look first? Absolutely. I mean, I think um, taking a people-focused approach first really works. As We're seeing success with all of our kind of local authority partners where we are shifting their thinking around their service provision to what their customers are experiencing. Um, so in a tier two local authority like the Borough of Oxford Council, we know that there are about 200 customer journeys, if you like, that they are, or yeah, they are delivering on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and I think what is always really interesting is, is that when you ask a council to stop thinking about policies and processes and their internal ways of working and shift that on, on its head to say, okay, what does this experience look like for Sarah? Um, who's trying to access um, homelessness services or what does this experience look like for Edith who's 87 and really struggling to take, to get her bin out onto into the right place for it to be collected. People start to, to think and um, feel very differently around the services that they are delivering. So we know um, that coming in and taking um, an enterprise view of existing technology investments and understanding how you can get those working collectively uh, and better um, delivers significant benefit. We know that if we connect customers directly to council services, um, using technology to enable that to, ha to happen, we know that that delivers significant benefit. And we know that there are service areas that if we design them around the customer and take away that pain for the customer, we take away a significant amount of pain um, for the council as well um, and deliver efficiencies. I think we've seen some for, for, for Boxbourne Council, um, ensuring that uh, waste services were efficient and digital has delivered huge organisational benefit for them. Um, but if you look at well in Hatfield, working through their revs and benefits services and making sure that they are they are self serve um, is, is delivering huge benefits for them. So I think for each council, there is um, a slightly different focus, but there are some core things that we can significantly change by just shifting our thinking from the sort of internal process and policy delivery delivered services to actually thinking how we deliver 
amazing services for, for the residents and customers that they serve. And I, th I think we, we you know, just kind of the echo the point that we often see if there's pain for the customer, there's pain for the for the for the for the users for the staff. So if you can look at how the customers are entering and trying to communicate with you, they're they're, they're hitting the website usually. And if you look at the amount of people that hit the website and then bounce straight off again to the phone line because they can't find it, you know, search doesn't work, they can't find the form, they can't find what they're looking for. The, the information is so complex that they can't actually decipher what it is I need to actually do to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. I think there is significant uh, a, a benefit to be made if you can just make that use simple language. You, you know, you, your reading age should be, you know, between eight and 10 on your website. Mm should be really clearly laid out and easy to use on a mobile or, or, or on a computer. Thinking about how you can make it easy for the customer to interact and get the information they're trying to do. How do I report a miss bin? You know, the, one of the biggest mm. journeys every council have. Make that simple and easy to do. And that will take out significant pain for the, for the customer and, and the staff as well. And it shifts customers to, so for those that can and want to, the more you can move to a digital self-serve model, if you like, the more capacity you've got within the council to be able to deliver that really important stuff where you need those that human intervention, you need those really good conversations. So, you know, the transformation that we've done digitally for, for Boxbourne Council has resulted in a 69% uptake in the number of, of, of customers accessing their own services online. We've seen a 115% increase in the number of over 65s accessing digital self-services. Now, obviously, COVID has, has pushed a kind of a bit of a shift around that in the sense of um, the way that people access. But, you know, it just iterates the point that, that Chris was making. Design for the customer. Keep it really simple. Allow people to be able to engage digitally. And actually, primarily... That's the way that most customers want want to engage, and it can make a huge difference um, to the way that the council operates. Absolutely. Uh, one more as well uh, to that. Sorry, one more that I would get ownership of the IT estate if you can. Uh, a digital technology leader who has real uh, decision making authority and financial authority get get control of the IT spend, get control of the technology, not to stop people doing things but be the front door to enable decisions to be made quickly, but in the right order. So you haven't got, you know, a poor IT team trying to left field things coming in all the time to them, which they can't cope with. And then you come with a program of work that upgrades or implementations or support. And once you have that enterprise view and, and there is some consistency in, in, in things that are going on within, within IT and technology, they really start to see the benefit of that of that upgrade and using technology in the right way as well it's great to hear what good can look like both in terms of sort of internal operation and then even more importantly you know the delivery and the, and the impact on people's lives um i don't know if this is an unfair question but if you look at uk local government overall how good are we at this stuff right now appreciate you haven't been into every organization and sort of lifted the bonnet but what's your sense are we are we doing well are we making progress i think i think we are and i think some councils are, are much further forward um, than others what i am observing though are many councils have kind of 
created a digital front door. So they'll have a great website. Myself as a customer thinks, yeah, this is amazing. I can just get online and yeah, report my missing or set up my direct debit for my council tax or yeah, whatever I need to do in, in the sense of interacting. So it feels really digital to, to me as a customer, but actually what they what the councils haven't necessarily done is redesign that end-to-end -end process for the customer. So once that electronic form, if you like, gets submitted uh, on the website, it lands in somebody's inbox and then there is a fairly bureaucratic paper um, policy process that, that sits behind it that, that does, you know, frustrates council staff and, and slows things up and delays that outcome um, for the customer. So I think that that is, you know, one of the challenges that, that a lot of uh, councils have kind of gone through. They've gone, okay, we need to get digital, we need to get more self-serve, we'll create that really good digital front door for our customers to be able to do that. But actually that end-to-end -end process where you can deliver those real efficiencies and improve the outcome for the, for the customer because you can get it done faster or um, deliver those outcomes in a better way hasn't been done so i think that that is a real opportunity within local government to really think about how you deliver that end-to-end -end digital transformation rather than digital front door yeah i, th I think there are there are some real um islands of of, of excellence in, in councils and you, you kind of see some of them doing some really clever stuff with uh, with some of the technology they're using it's really great but there is a lot of uh, the other side of that there's a lot of local authorities who kind of still see technology and digital as, as, a, as a cost saving measure and you see that in their strategies that by implementing digital we will save x percentage and it's almost the wrong way of thinking about how digital can actually benefit your organization if you were to do it properly holistically um, the other thing i would or concentrate on is that is that technology leadership within organizations that that the linkage between what the business is actually trying to achieve and wants to achieve and what the technology can actually deliver. I think that is where we need to do better at and uh, putting that technology back at the heart of some of the decision-making that's going on within local authorities. Yeah, you talk about, sorry, Becky, I was just gonna say, I think it's probably a point you're, you're well-placed to talk about, which is behind the technology, culture and skills play a crucial part. And I think we, we kind of start at this point as well. What, what would that look like going forward? Does something need to change in terms of the sort of culture within an organisation or, or, or are we being unfair? Are they, are they well equipped right now? No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's always really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, local authorities were structured in the 1970s, if you like, around, you know, how are we going to deliver these local public services? And if you looked at, um, you know, how would we structure local authorities today they would probably look and feel very different and i think part part of the the challenges is how do we kind of support these quite bureaucratic slow moving organizations to almost exploit what a digital mindset can can deliver for or is delivering for any organization that was kind of set up within the last 10 to, to 15 years. So if you look at more modern organizations in the way that they're taking advantage of, of digital, you know, they are very customer focused, always designing for the customer first. They are, um, they make the most of, of digital in order to be able to deliver their services. But 
technology isn't over here and our service provision here technology is core to the way that they deliver that service provision they are resilient and agile and can make decisions really quickly which means that they can flex in a very ever-changing world and, and flex in order to be able to meet their customer expectations and you know they they make the most of data and uh, different hierarchical structures within their organizations again to, to 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 think about the future and how they move forward so if you compare a local authority to some of the more modern organizations today you know they're two completely different beasts um, so for me it's about how do we help local authority to exploit some of those kind of key components of what makes a really strong um, organization today and you know probably even more important with everything that's going on with COVID and, the, and, and, and uncertainty around the way that, that councils need to deliver public services but also the huge reliance that that citizens have on on local government today so for people and culture within local authority today what we tend to find are really innovative excited people that want to make the change but it it's it's a mountain to climb you've got these huge bureaucratic organizations that just take a long time to shift um, so again reflecting back on Brooksborn, one of the ways that we've kind of supported them to shift as a whole organization is around really good quality change but doing it really fast so that you can really start to, to see the business benefit, get excited about it. Transformation's meant to feel good, right? <laughs> Not like really like, you know, challenging. So um, yeah, and just starting that, that rolling stone going really, getting it gathering that moss and changing the culture um, that, that, that is within local authorities today. Um, changing that culture to enable them to kind of exploit that resilience that agility that new digital way of working and just taking as i say great care of people as they're going through that change it's different i think um one of the one of the aspects that's, that's really important becky mentioned there is the pace in creating momentum within your digital transformation is is probably the single most important thing you can do. So to make sure it carries on, continue show early results, quick wins. And the way you do that is through decision-making and it's having someone in the council who is the single decision-maker for that transformation. And on a daily basis, they are making decisions. They're not big decisions, they're little ones, but it has the authority and it doesn't have to go through several rounds of committees and, 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 and members and all the rest of it, but they can make and they're empowered to make those decisions. I think if digital transformation had that in every council, we'd see a lot more success. Fantastic. Um, and we're also going to be exploring some of these ideas uh, in even greater detail in the, in the session that you're taking part in at GovX Digital uh, on local government transformation. Um, what are you going to be sharing and, and looking forward to, to sort of communicating with our audience? And why does that really, why does that matter? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm really excited to be able to share some of our thinking um, and the focus um, around our presentation is, is absolutely about taking a different strategy with your digital transformation. 
So moving it from being technology focused to being people focused and how you do that really effectively and the benefits that, that are driven as a, as a result of that. So we've talked about that a lot today within our um, podcast, but talking about some of the practicalities, the differences that we've made to customers and some of the you know amazing lessons learned um, that we've had working alongside our local authority partners as well. Because digital transformation is absolutely hard work every day. Um, <laughs> and there are challenges that come forward. So it's not always easy. Um, but yeah, some, some good lessons learned and uh, definitely about what happens when you shift that strategy, when you shift that focus. That sounds, sounds brilliant. We're, it's interesting that we probably mentioned the word people as much as the word technology today, which I, I think that, that thread just runs through, the, runs through that session. So um, we'll put the, put the links for how people can sign up for, for the session in the, in the show notes that accompany this so that they can get involved. Because I think practical examples uh, are, are what people really need to see in order to understand it themselves and then get buy-in in their organisation. So greatly you'll be able to share some of that. Um, before before we wrap things up, just a couple more um, pieces to cover. So we're building a sort of virtual library as part of the event where lots of the very interesting and diverse sort of transformation leaders that we're working with have, have picked a resource that, that they think is either inspirational, informative, and that they would recommend to, to other people. It could be books, podcasts, films, whatever it might be. So what would you both sort of nominate as something that you would recommend other people put on their reading or viewing or listening list? I absolutely love um, IDEO. So IDEO is an international organisation which is all around human-centred design and, and delivering against social impact. Um, so I would 100% recommend that people go onto the IDEO um, website and there is a great free resource um, which is a human designed toolkit, um, which anybody can pick up and just start very different conversations with their colleagues um, about how they might solve business problems, um, but looking at it from a human centered way. So it's been a bit of a Bible for me over the last um, four years. It's a free resource and um, yeah, it's great. That would be my recommendation. A glowing endorsement there so Chris what, is, what are you going to throw into the mix? I've got two and I've actually got them here so my first one is that one which is Digital Transformation at Scale which is written by Mike Bracken who started uh, GDS. I think that's a fascinating book about how you actually do digital transformation, how you create the teams, how you get buy-in, how you make decisions quickly and I'll say that's a must read that one. My second one is one I've had since actually since my degree which is a long time ago now but I do reread it every now and then and that's learning from failure, a systems approach. And I think uh, if I look back, I've learned much more from where things haven't gone right and where they have gone right. And that's a really good book about, uh, about leadership and making the right decision at the right time. So I would recommend those, those two books. Fab, well, we'll stick them on the list and we'll put some links and resources in, in the show notes so people can check them out for themselves because we, we want to share the knowledge and share the inspiration. So thanks for those two. Um, last round that we we do with our guests is a sort of quick fire round where we get your hot takes or immediate responses to some of the topics that we build the agenda around for the event. Um, there's some pretty big and juicy ones. So they, some people are challenged into condensing their thoughts and reactions into a couple of sentences, but 
interested to hear your takes on these. If I, if I throw them out there and either one of you jumps in with the one that you like the sound of and, and we'll see where we get to. So if you're ready, I'll, I'll fire away. Sure thing. Okay, well, appropriately enough, we'll start with transformation. Keep it people focused um, and, and just see the benefit that that delivers. Technology is a core part of it, but people focus seems to make a, a huge shift in, in pace and success. Brilliant. And service excellence. Again, focus on your people, redesign for your customers, take great care of, of the people that are going through the change that need to deliver in a different way. And you start to see very different outcomes. And on a, a similar note, people and teams. I would, I would say, uh, most importantly, strong leadership who are empowered to make decisions on a daily basis. Balanced leadership as well, considering all sides of a transformation and an entrepreneurial spirit is vital. Yeah, absolutely. Um, inclusion. Design for people, design for a range of people, and, and you will deliver that inclusion. So making sure that you're, you're redesigning public services um, for your whole community will make sure that uh, everybody can engage and everybody can, can access services in a different way. So really cool. GDS guidelines have really supported the development of uh, the Broxbourne website. So um, yeah, make use of what is around, but again, design for your people and in inclusion will follow. Fantastic. Uh, government data. Absolutely. Uh, government data is there. There is the, the government data catalogues. There is the open gov data initiative. They are there to be used. There are catalogues and catalogues of data which you can access from everything from standard country lists to standard food inspection lists. They're there to go and use them. Make use of them. There are APIs that are open. Go use them. Fabulous. And last one, GovTech. I think there are some fantastic bits of GovTech out there. The two I would mention are uh, gov.notify for SMS and texting and letters. That is brilliant. It's really easy to use and integrate into your systems. And GovPay is another great service designed by GDS. I would definitely recommend using that one. Okay, superb. Well, I think we've done the list. We've had a really good conversation around what transformation means because there's quite a lot to unpack there uh, and it's really clear how the emphasis on the combination of people and culture underpinning the technology is mm -hmm. is crucial in your outlook so looking forward to exploring that more hearing some more about the sort of great case studies and examples that that you've got to share with our audience so we will see you in you know a week and a half or something two weeks for the event uh, as i said we'll we'll share the information on how everyone can register to be part of the conversations but in the meantime chris and becky I'd just like to say thanks for joining us oh thanks so much for having us tim really enjoyed the session thank you very much tim it's been great so thanks again to becky and chris from sopra stereo for joining me for the conversation today as I said, Soprasteria are the sponsors of the local government stream at the event coming up in just over a week's time. They're taking part in a session on local government transformation where we'll unpack some of the aspects of the technology and cultural change needed to deliver better outcomes for citizens. They'll be on a panel alongside Richard Grice from the London Borough of Haringey, Nigel Ball, who's from the University of Oxford's Government Outcomes Lab, and Tim Whelan from Lewis and Eastbourne Councils. 
They'll all be sharing lots of practical insights of how impact can be transformed by the combination of technology and culture. So it'll be a not to be missed session. And that one's at 3.45 p.m. on the 18th of November. It's free to register and the link to sign up is in the show notes below. In the meantime, that's all from us and we'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, bye-bye.